0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you're here today. Once again, I'm convinced in my heart. I believe it with every fiber of my being that God's word is able to build you up to do everything he has called you to do and to become the person that he has called you to become. Praise God. Today we will begin in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Let's take a look at verse 7. We're going to receive the tithes and the offerings into the holy storehouse of God. And let's look at a verse that will build our faith for God's best concerning our finances. Verse 7, God says that wisdom, please say that, say wisdom, what a beautiful word. Wisdom is the principal thing. Well, the the word principle means chief or foremost, or we could even call it most important. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And then, all you're getting, get understanding. My friends, God's Word is the revelation of His wisdom. And we are to put wisdom first, it is the principal thing. Now, Years back, there was a a preacher that could not understand why his father could pray so much and yet be so poor. And uh, he decided to go to the Lord about that, and the Lord told him something amazing. And uh, the minister that received this revelation of why some in the body of Christ can love God so much and yet still have such Financial lack, the minister that God revealed this revelation to is Mike Murdoch. And the Lord told Mike Murdoch that there are two parts of his nature. There is the person of Jesus. Please listen to this very carefully. There is the person of Jesus that creates your peace. And then there are the principles of Jesus, and the principles create your prosperity. And so, this is what I've noticed in the body of Christ. Lift up your hand if you've noticed the same thing. You might want to lift up your hand and uh, your other arm and both feet. How many of you have noticed there are so many people in the body of Christ that love God, and maybe they are even involved in church activities or or things like that? But uh, even despite perhaps having a very vibrant prayer life, there can be uh, tremendous financial problems there, and there's not much victory in the area of finances. Why? 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 Because these precious believers have discovered the person of Jesus who offers salvation. And Jesus loves you so much, right? And so that person of Jesus creates your peace. So you have peace in your life. But it's the principles of Jesus that create your prosperity. So you can know the person, but you may not know the principles. So I would suggest that you put wisdom first and you know the person, and you also quickly, quickly discover the principles, not only discover them, begin to walk in them. It's not enough to just know the truth. You must know the truth and then make all out application of it in your life. Praise the Lord. You know, I was driving the other day, and I was having a conversation with a very well-known evangelist, and he and I are friends. We've been friends for decades, and uh, his ministry has taken him and his message all over the world, and we were talking, and he said, Stephen, he said, you know, uh, he said, as I get older, and you know, he's in his 60s, he said, I just realize more and more how important the principles of God are, that they're not suggestions, they're commandments, and then that when we keep them God blesses us. God rewards us. And if we break them, there are painful consequences that are associated. I said, oh, yes. (laughs) I said, well, I certainly agree. And we struck off on that line of the conversation and really began to Focus on the subject of the wisdom of God as he and I were talking. So, the wisdom of God is that you're going to have to learn principles, kingdom principles, and when you walk in them, those begin to give a supernatural lift to your life. Woo, praise the Lord. Isn't it fascinating? The scripture in God's Word that says, My people are destroyed, they perish because of lack of knowledge. It doesn't say lack of prayer. It doesn't say lack of, uh, you know, um, uh, just walking around and lifting your hands up. You know, that, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, it doesn't even say because of lack of fasting. It says lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? What is pleasing to God, His principles. Woo! Praise the Lord. My friends, it is your decisions that decide your wealth. God, God doesn't decide your wealth for you. You decide it based upon the decisions that you make. And when you're walking in the wisdom of God's wording, and that's principle, that's foremost in your life, then what will begin to happen is that your decisions start to become accurate because now they are being a reflection of what you have discovered in the word. And you're now applying that in your life. And what happens? You're now making right decisions. And when you're making right decisions, things start to work right in your life your decision of whether or not that you're going to be a tither, praise the Lord, whether or not you're going to honor God. Malachi chapter three, verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now on this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing. Of course, I'm a tither. My friend that I was talking to, the well-known evangelist, he's a, he's a die-hard tither. I mean, he's going to tithe no matter what. And I'm the same way. My wife and I, anytime increase hits our hands or comes into our lives, we get that over into the tithe account, and then the tithe account goes out. We don't sit on it. Hallelujah. We pay the tithe. Praise the Lord. And my friends, when you start working principles, Start working principles. Let me say this. There's all kinds of Christians in the community in which I live, and some of them are so struggling. Some of them are so financially frustrated, and I'll tell you this. I could go up. I don't. I could go up to every single one of them and ask them, are you tithing? I already know the answer. They're not. (laughs) Oh, I already could tell you what they would respond to me. Oh, now, Pastor Stephen, that's under law. Well, so I'm not even going to get into it with them because anytime, of course, somebody also says something like that, they're also displaying their ignorance of God's word because Abraham was tithing before the law was ever instituted by God through his servant Moses, and it became what we know as the Mosaic law. No, Abraham had already tithed hundreds of years before that. But if I were to walk around and ask some of the struggling poor Christians, cars always breaking down, things never working out, too much month and too little money, uh, are you a tither? I already know what they're going to tell me. They're going to tell me no, because they don't, they don't Either they don't believe in it or they've been been mistaught. And so what happens when you don't walk in wisdom of God's word, you don't work the principles, you struggle, you struggle, you struggle. How do you fix it? You get into the word, you put wisdom first. Pastor Stephen, I want to tell you about my latest vision. Oh, that's nice. You've had another one. Yes, this year I've already had 300. Oh, wow, you're really moving. Um, How many books do you have on wisdom? Oh, I don't have any. How many books in your personal library do you have on finances? Oh, I don't have any. I just pray all the time and have visions. Have you ever met the Christians that have all the visions all the time, and yet they have no proofs in their life of something that they have accomplished through wisdom See Proverbs talks about the talks about the house that wisdom built, but yet there's, there's no house, there's no structure. There's, there, there's, there's nothing that you could see that reflects any difference from their life as compared to those out in the world that don't know God, that are somehow also trying to work their way through life, struggling through the challenges of life. Yet there's no distinctive difference. Wisdom will begin to set you apart because wisdom makes a difference. Matter of fact, One of the primary definitions of wisdom is the ability to discern difference. The ability to discern difference in what? Number one, between what is evil and what is good, between what is right and what is wrong. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. See, the Lord talked with Jonah and said, Jonah, I'm going to have pity on these Ninevites, the people that live here in the city of Nineveh, he said they don't even know their light. They don't even know their right hand from their left. They, in other words, they cannot discern between good and evil. What does that mean? They have no biblical wisdom. They don't even know which bathroom to go into. What does that mean? No biblical wisdom. And when you don't have wisdom, you can't walk in the principles, and you're going to have areas of your life where the enemy is going to hit you, and he'll hit you hard. Mm -mm. Praise God. But we have been redeemed from every curse of the law. Prosperity belongs to us. Financial peace, uh, as well as every uh, other blessing beneath that umbrella purchased by the blood of Jesus praise God. So my friends today make biblically based decisions that are based upon principles, praise the Lord, hallelujah, feed upon good resources that will illuminate you in the area of biblical finances. I teach on these things, but I actually haven't written the book. Yet on finances, I believe sometime when it's right in the future, I will, but that doesn't mean there's not other good materials that are out there that are spirit filled that will unveil the covenant of financial prosperity that you can uh, nurture, nourish yourself spiritually with praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So wisdom is the principal thing. So my friends, let's walk in the wisdom of God. Let's be aware of biblical principles That is God's wisdom. And let's not just know about them. Let's do them. Praise God. Let's be tithers. Let's be givers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Okay, Lord, we'll do that. Why? Wisdom always has an instruction. Pastor Stephen, give me your wisdom. Give me your wisdom. Well, I I can't just tell you wisdom without telling you also something to do. Wisdom always has instructions. Well, I don't want to do anything. I just want you to give me wisdom. I don't actually want to do anything. (laughs) It's not going to work. (laughs) Nobody's going to tell me what to do, Pastor Stephen. That's why you're all messed up. That's why you're all messed up. Woo! As one lady said, we're all tore up from the floor up. And they were. They were why? Just a refusal to receive instructions. Mm -mm. That is refusing wisdom. But my friends, we are those that are more than conquerors in the Lord Jesus Christ. And our portion is not poverty and lack and financial humiliation and financial embarrassment. Our portion is God's provision and overflow in that area. Praise the Lord. Now, Those of you that are people of faith, those of you that are people of wisdom, those of you that cherish the word and look at all of the commandments like David did, like honeycomb. Mm, Not like some kind of a burden, like, oh, this is wonderful. Oh, I found out something God wants me to do. And you rejoice. Why? Because now you're walking in the light. What does it mean? You're going up, 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 up. Those of you that are ready to give the Lord honor, let's bring the tithes and the offerings in. Now, if you're going to bring them in online, you can do so anytime, from anywhere, literally in the world. You can go to our website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that has a a red banner, has a heart on it. It says, Give. You can click that, and you can bring your tithes and offerings in electronically from anywhere in the world. If you would like to give by mailing in your tithes or offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. And when your tithes and offerings come in by mail, one of our assistants walks right over about about uh, 30 yards to the post office and brings them right into the storehouse, the ministry storehouse. And we give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. So thank you for your giving. Thank you for your love for God's word, for God's wisdom. Now, father, father, Let your people increase in wisdom. Let them increase in wisdom. Let the spirit of wisdom be all over their minds. They will always know what to do. They will always know in which direction to go because your word directs. Now, Father, we give you praise. Bless your people in Jesus' great name. Amen. Jump up and shout, I'm blessed. Woo! Praise the Lord. Somebody just got delivered. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! And you felt it go all through you too. God, God bless you today. Hey man. Today, let's go to the prophetic book of Joel chapter two, Joel chapter two. Oh, praise God. Mm-mm. Today we're going to talk about the mysterious source of the spirit of might. Now I must admit that the Holy spirit manifested as the spirit of might there can certainly be an element of mystery in that i think any time we look at somebody like samson in the bible we see these tremendous exploits of strength we're like wow that's, that's that's pretty special that's that's pretty unique but also even more unique is the root source from which it flows you know i was way out in the woods one time uh, the backwoods of Moravian Falls, and I was with a friend. We were hiking, and we found a uh, a mountain spring. And he said, he said. Uh, Pastor Stephen, let's hike up to the top and try to find the headwaters, the source of where this is coming from. And we hiked and hiked and found and looked around and stuff like that. And we found the source shooting out between a rock, a, a side embankment. It went, the water wasn't coming up like this. It was literally shooting out horizontally, sideways, and then just eventually hitting the ground. It's like a fire hose was sticking out of the side of, a, of an embankment. <laughs> Out in the middle of nowhere, we're out in the woods, creating this beautiful mountain spring that just went and went and went uh, uh, and, you know, just kept on going downhill, eventually ended up somewhere, I suppose. But I thought, what a beautiful, uh, fresh source of water supply. Mm-mm. I like that. I like that out 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 in the woods, discovering these beautiful things. But my friends, we're going to look today at the mysterious source of the spirit Of might, I'm going to take you to the headwaters of it. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and bring illumination. Let there be a light turned on so that we can see it, understand it, take it, apply it to our lives. And let the spirit of might strengthen us today. We give you praise, Father. In Jesus' great name, we all agree and say, Amen. Joel 2, verse 2. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains, a people come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. Let's go over now the verse four. Their appearance is like the appearance, watch this, of horses, and like swift steeds. So they run. Praise the Lord. My friends, you're looking at a prophetic image here of the in time church, God's people moving in signs and wonders and miracles and the power of the Holy spirit. And so what God is doing right now is he is delivering unusual strength. Say that, say strength to his people, the in time church. Now here's something that you need to know. While it is true that you are destined for exploits, you must discover how this is activated. You must discover how this is going to be supplied. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, we have all noticed that horses have tremendous strength, even if you haven't been around them, if you haven't seen them up close, sometimes these fairs. Certain unusual types of fairs, maybe if it's like a real big state fair, sometimes they'll they'll have like uh, one of these displays of world's tallest horse. <laughs> and uh, Or, you know, the, the biggest horse in the Western Hemisphere or something like that. And you have to, you know, pay maybe an extra $2 to go into the little mini tent to see it. And there it is, gigantic, standing there with all the muscles and things like that. It really is. A display of strength, as well, of of course, as those that would be racing type horses, a different type of strength, but still very, very beautiful. So, horses have strength. um, Even though we have, in many ways, phased the use of the horse out from a work type category, um, we're, we're still using terminology that's related to horses. Now, it's unusual, but here in the county in which I live is the old, the oldest Ford dealership in the state, and it's also one of the oldest in the nation. And so, when I was there, uh, sometime it was early last year, uh, one of the men that worked there at the dealership, uh, he was a, he was uh, in his probably uh, mid eighties, and he said he said Mister Brooks, he said if you look over here. Uh, in this area where there's some trees grown up now. I said, yes, I see that. He said that used to be the open area where we had a large pen, a large stall. And back in the early, early part of the 1900s, like the 1920s and so forth, he said, that's where the farmers or other types of men would come and a lot of it was just farmers and they would bring their horses in and they would trade their horse in as a, like a down payment or, you know, they would apply uh, the money given for the horse towards the new Ford car, uh, whatever that was, whatever model it was at that time. So uh, you can see that horses have been phased out, but That's actually where they would trade them in at. So a guy would ride up on his horse and say, I don't need the horse anymore. Obviously there's cars. I want to trade my horse in for a car. (laughs) And uh, I guess in some ways the dealership was stuck with a horse. (laughs) I don't know what they did with the horses, but I'm sure they figured it out. But even today, even today uh, with cars, although we don't use horses to ride around very much often today, uh, even with cars, we still base or relate the power of the engine uh, in a term of horsepower. How much uh, horsepower does your engine have? Is it a V6? Is it a V8? How much power, how much horsepower does it have? So even if you're driving a Tesla, or hybrid car that is, uh, you know, half electric, plus it's got a backup generator type, a small uh, gasoline engine or whatever the case might be. They're still also going to rate that in horsepower. So you could have an understanding of what the strength of what that engine source, uh, that power source is able to supply. So God here in scripture says their appearance is like the appearance of horses and like swift Steeds, so they run. So they're very fast, they're very strong, they have strength. So God uses horsepower to describe the unique strength here we see as speaking towards his end time army. That's you and I. Get ready! Get ready for the, uh, for the Lord to do some work beneath the, the hood of your engine, hallelujah, and get ready for a horsepower upgrade. Say yes. Amen. Praise God. We're talking heavy-duty horsepower upgrade. Now, let's go over the First Kings chapter 18, and we'll also see a similar reference. We're moving back now to 1 Kings chapter 18, and let's drop down the verse, verse 44. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said there was a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So you have the ancient kingdom of Israel. Out of everybody in the kingdom, who do you think has the fastest horses? Well, we know that's going to be the king. So King Ahab has his chariot, and it's going to be pulled by the fastest steeds in the kingdom. Verse 45, now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. He's in his chariot, and he stomped on the gas pedal, and the horses are running at top speed. Then the hand of the Lord, the phrase the hand of the Lord is always synonymous with the Spirit of God coming upon someone. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins. In other words, he had a robe on. So he takes the robe and lifts it up, kind of tucks it in to uh, around his belt. Why? He doesn't want to trip, because he's about to set a world record for the, uh, for the 10K. He's about to blow it the smithereens, he's going to, he's going to run faster than horses. And he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So when this strength of God comes upon you, it stabilizes you, it empowers you praise the Lord to do exploits. And this strength is supplied by none other than the spirit of might. And we see the spirit of might. Spoken of clearly in Scripture in the book of Isaiah, and that would be Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. One Holy Spirit, seven distinct manifestations, seven distinct attributes of the Spirit of God. Remember, God is one, but God is composed of three distinct persons the Father, the Son, who is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might. There is such a thing as the Spirit of might. And the Spirit of might brings the needed strength to bring your vision to pass. Pastor Stephen, I have heard from God I have received the vision. I know what to do. Good, good, good. That's a big part of it right there. Now, what you're going to need next is what? The strength to get it done. Because you're never going to be able to do it in the flesh. You're going to need the Holy Spirit in what manifestation? The Spirit of might to come along to give you the strength to now complete what God has revealed to you. Now, let's go to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me, and he's answered many of you. You've caught the vision, okay? Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, and that's what many of you have done, and make it plain on tablets, okay? We don't need to make this thing an encyclopedia. We don't need to be like Congress and have a manual that has 28,000 pages and says, uh, we need everybody to read this. No, nobody's going to read that. And it's a bunch of technical jargon that's on purpose made complicated and confusing. So things can be put in there that hopefully nobody catches. No, no. Make it plain. God's always easy to understand. Make it plain on tablets, condense it, get it to where you can grab that vision. And do what with it? That he may run, not walk, that he may run. Who reads it? Run how? Like a fast horse. Hallelujah. Like a swift steed. Woo! Praise the Lord. My friends, it's going to take strength to do that. You don't walk with any God given vision, you run. And you run fast, you run hard, and you're running to obtain an incorruptible crown. And in order to do this, we must absolutely have the spirit of might active in our lives. Think just for a moment about those who had that touch from the spirit of might. Think about Samson. When the spirit of might came upon him, he took the jawbone of a donkey and he killed 1,000 Philistine soldiers, he humiliated the enemy's best. He humiliated the enemy's plan by killing them with a the jawbone of a donkey. How would you like to be down in hell and say, well, how did you get here? Well, I had my skull crushed with a donkey's jawbone. Who, 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 did that? Samson. See, We'll never know such an experience because that would be those that are on the wicked receiving end of God's judgments. But we are on the blessing end of God's goodness. Hallelujah. We are those who are operating in the spirit of might for the glory of God and for the furtherance of his kingdom. Praise the Lord. And that's the power that you need. A power that is so strong that that all of the principalities and powers rulers of darkness and the various forms of the evil dark kingdom they have tremendous respect for the spirit of might why they have nothing in their armory that can compete against that not even satan himself can stand against this power and when this power comes on the scene they wisely back off woo <laughs> why they can't they 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 can't overcome that power Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. I today see every form of weakness leaving your life because of the touch of the spirit of might upon your spirit, your inner man, and upon your mind, and even upon your body. Hallelujah. Get up and shake yourself and say, this stuff cannot hold me down. Praise God as the spirit of might begins to touch you now. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What about the Apostle Paul? That the time the, the devil laughed and probably thought, oh, we shut him up. We got him now. And they stoned him. People stoned him and left him for dead. What happened? Boom! He snapped back and jerked back to life, got up, and it says, you ready for this? It says he went back into the city. Those that had taken him out of the city and stoned him, he not only got up, it's not like he got up and ran away. Oh, I, be, I better get out of here. He got up and went back into the city. You can't tell me. That takes strength to do that. Woo, woo, that's, that's radioactive hot right there. mmm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, of course, we're not surprised that Jesus himself certainly had this strength as well. Now, let's go to John chapter 4. Drop down to verse 28 with me, and let's take a look at this. Lord Jesus, we give you praise today. Thank you, Lord. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city. And by, by the way, many of you, uh, you're just going to automatically leave some some funny distractions. It is amazing sometimes what we can get ourselves tangled up in. And when, when the reality of it, it's, it's very, very silly. Um, I had a church member one time, he got himself tangled up in shopping, but uh, a weird, very weird form of shopping. He was a guy and he got, he got kind of like the bug of buying the stuff online and he was buying dolls uh, they were like, kind of like uh European style, like type dolls from, you know, like from, uh, you know, like back from the 1800s and stuff like that really weird sometimes what people can get hung up on from uh, whether it's a water pot or, a, or a doll or something like that. But this lady, she got so enamored with the Lord and saw that this, this is what I've been looking for all of my life. She actually forgot her water pot. Some of you are just going to walk away from things. You're never going to need it again. Praise the Lord. Um, and let's continue. Now, verse 29, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Now watch verse 32. This is going to be a, this is going to be a living word for you. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Wow, what an unusual statement. I have food to eat of which you do not know. I would like to proclaim to you today that the Lord was fueled by his assignment. Mm -mm. And because he was on his assignment, the Spirit of God kept energizing him with unusual strength to do unusual unusual miracles, and to preach and preach and teach and teach and pray and pray and go and go and go and go. Oh, Pastor Stephen, he's going to wear himself out. He's going to implode and die. There probably could have been those that maybe told him that we do know that his mother and and his brothers and sisters they were outside of one of his meetings and they were they were telling people oh oh, oh he's lost his mind he has lost his mind oh he's he's doing so much work he's doing so much no no <laughs> he's just fine he's just fine why he's eating food that others are not aware of and because of that because of that strength is continually coming into him energizing him to do what in many ways is not normally humanly possible. Praise God. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Thomas, are you sure you didn't slip over to pizza hut and and get him a couple slices of a kosher pepperoni pizza? Thomas says, oh, no, 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 it wasn't me. And then Peter says, well, well, who was it? John? John, did you go get him a meatloaf sandwich? No, 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 it wasn't me either. Mm -hmm. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, to finish his work. And when the Holy Spirit is resting on you, all you want to do is you want to finish the work. The spirit of, uh, of, of might is there empowering you to keep going, to keep going, and you want to get it done at all costs. In 1981, Israel was facing Iraq and Saddam Hussein inching closer and closer to having a viable active nuclear reactor. And just days before it was supposed to go live, Israel shocked the world and pulled off one of the most astonishing secret success raids when they had a small group of of highly trained, highly elite Israeli pilots who flew American-made F-16s on a strategic, almost impossible-type mission. All the way to Iraq and back, which the planes technically did not have the range to do, but they did it. They had they had a few tricks up their sleeves. They attached some extra tanks, fuel tanks to the planes, and they dropped the tanks when they were over a remote area of Saudi Arabia. They kept on going. And here is what was already baked into the equation. The leaders working with the pilots and you know, the prime uh, minister of Israel, when they planned this out, they knew there's no way. That as we send these um, eight planes out, they're all going to come back. There is almost a certain chance there's going to be casualties. They even had a pretty good idea of which pilots were going to die. And you know what? The pilots, as they got into those planes, they only had one thing on their mind. Their thing was this. We don't care. We don't care if we drop these bombs and they shoot us down. We don't care if they pursue us. We don't care what they do. We only have one thing on our minds. We are going to get there to Iraq and we are going to drop these bombs on that reactor and we're going to blow it the smithereens. <laughs> And they did. Hallelujah. And the miracle of miracles is that not only did they do it with tremendous precision that astounded the world, but God honored their faith and worked some miracles. And they had somebody, they'll they'll never know who somebody there in the Iraqi army, for whatever reason had turned off the radar. And although they were coming in low and then had to go high to do that dive, to hit that, that site, the radar was turned off so they're you know now the iraqis are they're all trying to you know oh, oh we've been bombed and they they got to turn the radar back on but it takes a little while for the warm up and and so nobody pursued the jets nobody shot the jets down there was some uh, uh, uh what's it called uh, surface to air uh firing that was being going on but they they all made it back and they all landed just before they they almost all ran out of fuel but they made it They made it praise the Lord and the devil's wicked evil plan was thwarted. And of course, none of the pilots uh, wanted to die, but they were saying, we're going to get this done at all costs. That's the main thing. Work, do the work. Hallelujah. Praise God. And let whatever else may be as it may be. But when you do that. When you do that, that's when God steps in and does his miraculous part. I have food to eat of which you do not know. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, what's your food? The finish is work. The finish is work. Oh, Jesus, you need to slow down. You're going to tire yourself out. No, no. You don't understand. I'm not tired. I'm actually getting energized by doing this. (laughs) Woo. Pastor Stephen, I'm a burned out minister. I need to take a sabbatical for the next seven years. I'm burned out. You're burned out? Then maybe you're probably doing something that God never called you to do because God's work energizes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, you're preaching real hard. When you're done, maybe you should take a few days off. Soon as I close this Bible, and complete this message, I go right over to the other studio and I go live on a secret transmission that is encoded that nobody can get on except those that are prepped to receive it with those waiting for me to teach them in one of the most persecuted countries in the world. Woo. Pastor Stephen, I want to get on that program and watch. You can't. You can't, the governments, uh, that particular government would trace it. And there could be, nobody gets on this call. Nobody's on this, on this teaching session because everybody on that session knows your life is on the line. Woo. Praise God. Amen. Well, pastor Stephen, you need to break the, no, I'm energized. (laughs) Something's flowing through me. (laughs) Woo. Something comes on me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And I know exactly what it is. It's the spirit of might. Praise the Lord. The other night I was up, up late, uh, just writing, writing, writing. Pastor didn't go to sleep. Uh, there, there's an anointing though. Uh, and, and then when I get up in the morning, I, I still feel, I still somehow feel okay. I feel good. Well, you should be wiped out. I, 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 well, maybe I should, but I'm not. Praise the Lord. What is that? The spirit of, of, of might touching you touching you may the Lord Jesus Christ be glorified. Mm. Praise God. Now every great accomplishment requires heavenly strength to bring it to pass. Praise God. There are of course, many things that your spirit is willing to do, but your flesh is too weak to accomplish it. That my friends is why we need this manifestation of, of the spirit of God in our lives. A couple of more scriptures before we go to the source Ephesians chapter three, and this is very familiar to many of you. Verse 16, one of the prayers that the epistle, uh, uh, the, uh, in the epistles that Paul said that we can pray as often as we want, that he would grant you. In other words, that God would give to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. How? Through his spirit. Where? In the inner man. Woo. See, God, the father can strengthen you in your inner man by the spirit of might. And you're strong in here. You're strong. You're fresh. Woo. Praise the Lord. And something just keeps you going. Amen. Why? To do the work that he has called you to do. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, What is the mystery behind the release of the spirit of might? Well, let's go to the headwaters. There are some other streams that would merge into this that would contribute to the flow of the water. But I want to show you one that is a primary key that I believe the Holy Spirit is also emphasizing right now. Praise God. So that's why I want to touch on this. Isaiah 61. Let's go. We're going to go to it. We're going to go to the mystery source of the spirit of might. And for some of you, you're about to see, uh, something that you might not think this is what it was, but this is what it is. Praise God. Now, Isaiah chapter 61, and we're going to go now to verse three. And this is in reference to the spirit of the Lord. Verse three to console. Those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. The oil of joy for mourning. Now look at verse 4, and they shall, number one, rebuild the old ruins. They shall, number two, raise up the former desolations. And number three, they shall repair the ruined cities. And when the Bible says ruin, trust me, we're talking, we're talking rubble. We're talking, whew, we got a lot of cleanup. We can't even start building until we get all of the rubble out of the way. Mm-mm. How in the world are we going to have the strength to rebuild, to raise up and to do all of these corrections and all of this stuff that we've been left with the making all of these repairs? How are we going to do it? You're going to do it through the spirit of might. And the spirit of might begins to flow through, you ready for this? Through the release of the oil of joy. Mmm. The oil of joy. Strength is needed to rebuild, to raise up, and to repair. This strength is released through the oil of joy. Now, here's another scripture. This would be from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8. And let's look at verse 9. And Nehemiah, who was the governor? Ezra, the priest and scribe. And the Levites who taught the people, why did they need to teach the people? Well, first of all, not everybody could read back then. So you have to have somebody read it to them and then teach it to them, explain it to them so that the priest could say, okay, so now do you understand? Yes, yes. Now we know what God what God requires of us because we can't please him. If we don't know what is required to please him. Oh, so okay. So now there's teaching. Now they've got it. And of course, when the teaching is going forth, it's going to cause a reaction. This day is holy to the Lord. Your God do not mourn nor weep for all the people wept when, uh, when they heard the words of the law. Why, why were they weeping? Because they're like, uh-oh, everything that God's saying, this is what we're supposed to be doing, we, we've neglected that. No wonder we're in a mess. No wonder things aren't working right for us. This is not a mystery. This is just a, a lack of information. No wonder it hasn't been going well. And so they're weeping. They're like, oh, brother. And not only that, they, you know, of course, if you, if you read the law, you also hear about the consequences that come from disobeying God. And, you know, you're like, oh, brother. And you're like, oh, 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 we're in for it. And so now they're weeping. And so now we have the famous classic response. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet. And send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy to the, to our Lord. Why? It's a feast day. It's a holy festival. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your what? It's your strength. Woo. Praise the Lord. It is your strength. So let me say this while we can have disappointments in life and you're not going to be able to escape certain letdowns or disappointments. Don't ever let yourself reach a place inwardly where you become broken hearted because that's dangerous, very dangerous to your spirit and you need to always hang on to the joy of the Lord. Doesn't mean you might, you're not going to feel, Oh, a disappointment, but Uh, Deal with that and then build yourself back up. So you get back into the joy of the Lord. Praise God. Now here's a quote from a man that's worth as of right now, $50 billion. And this is Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba. Maybe some of you shop there, bless your hearts, praise God. And this is what he said. He said, I failed a key primary school test two times. I failed three times for the middle schools. For three years, I tried and failed in the universities. So I applied for jobs 30 times and got rejected. I even went to KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, when they came to China. 24 people went for the job. 23 people accepted. I was the only one who got rejected. I applied for Harvard for 10 times rejected. I think we have to get used to rejection. The only thing is never give up. Praise the Lord. And, uh, I don't know if, uh, this man, Jack Ma is a believer in Christ, but I do know that you can, you can work biblical principles and it will work the same for a believer or unbeliever. Actually, it works better for a, uh, a Christian, a believer, Because everything is a package deal. It's all working together. So it's working for him financially, just like the laws of aerodynamics. It'll work. A plane will go up. Uh, The plane doesn't know who the, who is sitting in the pilot seat. The law doesn't know. Is that a Christian or or, uh, somebody that doesn't know God? All the law know uh, law of aerodynamics knows is that it's being appropriated. And so the planes going up, the plane flies, So he experienced that tremendous financial lifting and he refused just to get into despair and discouragement and inwardly just made a decision to keep on going and keep on trying. Praise the Lord. And my friends, God wants the oil of joy to be flowing in your life. Watch out uh, for these, uh, uh, these types of things that others just gave themselves over to a spirit of grief. And I think about the comedian, the American comedian who took his own life, Robin Williams, who some ways on the outside looked like he was happy, but he was devastated by his divorce. And he said divorce, he talked about how cruel it is. He said "He said divorce pulls uh, your heart out through your wallet. And uh, for those that would be aware of that, sure, divorce can be very very, very difficult. It's like ripping a garment apart and it can have great financial uh, repercussions also. And he was a very, very sad man. And he went over into a place of despondency and took his own life. You've got to keep your joy. And I I tell you what, I love the book. It's a classic, the book that Jerry Savelle, the man of God wrote years back called, "If If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, He Can't take your goods. And that is flat out the truth. If you'll just keep your joy, uh, you can have the enemy try to, you know, cause some disappointments and stuff like that. But if you will maintain your joy, I tell you what, you'll get right on through. And even if it looked like he permit, excuse me, temporarily took something, he'll have to bring it back. The thief will have to bring it back and repay. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, This one's good. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Now, notice, you're drawing the water from the wells, but you're drawing it how? Joyfully. Not complaining, but joyfully. And what happens when you do that? When you draw from the wells of salvation, that water, and you're doing it with a joyful heart, That water is a representation of the revelation of God's word and the revelations will keep on coming when you're happy and you are walking in joy. Look, when you get all discouraged, you let yourself get depressed or something like that. You just look at the Bible and you say, oh, what's to use? I, I don't even know if God hears or something like that. You could go off into a place of great unbelief and doubt. Don't do that. Get back into the joy Stay in the joy of the Lord. That is where your strength is at. Pastor Stephen, I I tell you, the first part of this message about the the spirit of might, I, I, I really want that. Okay, you get the spirit of might operating your life by believing, receiving the Holy Spirit to operate in your life in that area. But you're going to have to keep the biblical, authentic joy flowing in your life. And for some, that's going to be a challenge. Maybe there's been a, uh, some complaining, some uh, grumbling on the side, maybe a whole bunch. But it's time to replace that stuff with the joy of the Lord and to walk in it. You know, that doesn't mean that you're going around all giddy and silly. It's just that joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit that comes out and you just let it flow. Let it flow. Praise God. And it comes from uh, being in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. So we're going to draw the water from the wells of salvation with a joyful heart. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Jeremiah chapter 33. Let's jump over there just for a moment. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 10. Praise God. Verse 10. Thus says the Lord, again, there shall be heard herd in this place of which you say, it is desolate without man and without beast. In the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man and without inhabitant, and without beast, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness. How about that? Glory to God. What does this joy and gladness do? Well, it says that God will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord. Praise God. Now, The returning of the captives. I like how the new American standard Bible version translates this by saying, for I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were at first. Well, what are the fortunes of the land? That's your possessions that's your goods, that's your stuff, whether it's physical, whether it's material, whether it's your health, whether it's your quick wit, whether it's your sharp mind, glory to God. What, what brings that return of these types of things? Joy, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness. And when that voice is there, strength starts coming in to, to apply pressure for the enemy to release and let go what rightfully belongs to you. Praise God. Psalm 45. Get ready. I'm about to pray for you to receive the spirit of might. Psalm 45 verse 7. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So my friends, the mystery of the spirit of might is packaged in the oil of joy. So there's no wonder that Jesus demonstrated more strength than others, more miracles, more uh, mighty signs and wonders. Why? He had more joy. He flat out had more joy. Oh, Pastor Steven, I thought he was the man of mourning, the man of sorrows. Oh, he was on the cross. Absolutely, but to think that Jesus went around, went around during his earthly ministry all sad and somber and in a bad mood is an unbiblical mindset, because the scripture says concerning the Messiah that he would be anointed with the oil of gladness more than his companions. What does that oil of joy produce? Great strength. Hallelujah. Jesus, we give you praise today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory. I feel the anointing right now to pray for you. If you would like to receive the spirit of might to come into your life, to help you do what? Just like Jesus, to do the works, to finish them, okay? You've had the vision. You've seen the plan. Now it's time to execute, okay? Um, A little bit like the Israeli pilots. Now it's, it's time to go out and bomb this place, okay? It's time to now do it. What do you need? You need now the Holy Spirit to come with strength. Glory to God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching today that have the vision and they're ready to run like a horse, fast. But, Lord, they need some horse power. Now, Father, let your Holy Spirit come into their lives with strength. Let the Spirit of might come now and break every obstacle in the path. Let it be shattered and ground the ground the dust and blown out of there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for a victory, uncompromising victory. And we thank you for the completion of God-given assignments that you have released to your people. Those things that are on the plate for this year's assignment, it shall be done. And Father, we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus for the spirit of might coming upon our lives Coming on the scene. Mm, mm. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and just begin to thank the Lord. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we give you all the glory and honor. Jesus, we thank you that you were anointed with the oil of joy. Now, Lord Jesus, begin to touch your people right now with the oil of joy. We thank you for the spirit of sorrow and heaviness leaving and going bye-bye. Not just like uh, uh, temporarily, but permanently. We thank you, Father God. No more of a yo-yo lifestyle. up, down, up, down, up, down, but we thank you for stabilization through the mighty Holy Spirit as we stand on your word. We thank you, Father, that you are feeding your people with the food that they need, the energy, the strength to get it done at all costs. And we thank you, Father, there's joy in it. There's joy in it. Oh, oh, oh hallelujah. <laughs> in Jesus name. Hallelujah. I tell you the Holy Spirit's really here, really riding on this message as the word goes into your heart and the word is seed sown into the fertile soil of your heart. Watch and believe God for the hundredfold return. Praise God. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. the days of the enemy plundering you and stealing from you, they're over. Praise God. You're keeping the joy. You're keeping the joy. And if the devil ran off with anything. He's got to bring it back. Praise God. And extra to offset what he had done. Praise the Lord. If there's someone watching today, and I know there is, and you are watching this message and you're thinking, Pastor Stephen, I'm, I'm a happy person, but this joy is something that I'm not personally acquainted with, it sounds supernatural. Well, it is. And you're watching and you're, you're thinking, I, I want to know God. Today is your day. And the Holy Spirit is working on your heart. It's time for you to get your life right with God. If you've never given your heart to Jesus right now, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross to save sinners just like me. Jesus, save me now. Wash me with your precious blood. Wash my sins away and write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life from this day forward and lead me and guide me in the way that I should go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords has heard that prayer and he has saved your soul. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the eternal church. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. Now, as a church family and as believers in Christ, let's take holy communion together. Praise the Lord. And if this is not your church home, you're still, of course, Welcome to take communion together with us. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Praise the Lord. Somebody might say, Pastor Steve, I don't have any of those little wafers. Just go grab, some, go grab a cracker, okay? If you don't have a cracker, grab a piece of bread. Just take what you can get, okay? And uh, if you don't have grape juice, uh, pour whatever you've, whatever you've got. Just pour it in there for now. Praise God. All right, let's pray over it. Father, we thank you. We bless the bread, the juice. We sanctify this and set it apart as holy. And we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus, our mighty Savior. So, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you that Jesus could not accomplish his assignment without the Spirit of might empowering him to go and go and go. And so, Father, we just thank you that this is a year to go. This is a a year to push, and we're relying upon you to give us that sustained touch from on high. And as we receive the Lord's body, we believe you will do just that over and above. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's flesh. Praise God. Somebody you were told no. Somebody you, would give, you were given a rejection. Somebody maybe even got a paper saying uh, because you wouldn't do this or do that, and you felt it was a violation of your morals, uh, they gave you a termination letter, whatever the case might be. Somebody's been, uh, you've had some form of a rejection. Well, the Lord says that he's going to give you an injection of success. Praise God as you praise him. Praise him. Not perhaps that something bad happened, but that God is greater than that circumstance. God is greater than that. No, God's going to give you a yes, and the yes will be even greater, Pray, far exceedingly greater. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, and we ask, O oh God, that the blood would flow, washing all sin away, cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Let the blood of Jesus, Father, go through our brains, our minds, our, the cells of our, of, our, of our brain, of our body. Thank you, Father. Let the blood of Jesus go through every memory. We thank you, Father, God, that we are covered with the blood of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that this produces righteousness in our lives, right standing in your sight through our faith in you and the finished work of Christ at Calvary. Thank you, Father. We proclaim his death until he comes. And we rejoice that he's coming again very soon. Thank you, Father. We receive the blood of Jesus now in his name. We pray. Let's all say amen. Praise God. Praise God. Mm, There's the peace of God. There's the peace of God. Hallelujah. Now, when you need it. The strength will be there. And as long as that anointing of strength is resting on you, apply yourself, apply yourself. Praise the Lord. Embrace your assignment and go to work. Go to work with that divine empowerment. Praise the Lord. Father, bless your people. We thank you for this new measure of anointing operating in their lives. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.